At Radio Ambulante, we tell Latin American and Latino stories. Felt this sense of kind of hate brewing, and art was a way to challenge that. When you see the reaction here, it's like if you are talking about Mars. We are updating the American dream at soundworks.org. Jerusalem at another crossroads today, Tuesday, November 18th. This is The World. I'm Marco Werman. On the program today, a bloody attack on a synagogue in Jerusalem leaves four worshippers dead, and at least one Palestinian is not very hopeful for the future. I don't see an end in sight, and I just, I hope I'm wrong, but um, things seem to be spiraling out of control. Also this hour, one of Ernest Hemingway's grandsons is asking for the U.S. to ease its embargo on Cuba on behalf of fish, plus the Russian city of St. Petersburg. It's got a modern sewer system, right? Yeah, the city has a modern sewer system. It's just, uh, it, it's not of much use when, you know, toilets are not connected to it. How local activists are using GPS to follow their flushes. Those stories coming up on The World. Support for PRI's The World comes from TIAA CREF, a financial services company helping to create financial outcomes that matter. Learn more at TIAA.org. I'm Marco Werman with The World. We begin today with protesters who are demanding that authorities respect their rights. Now, you may be thinking Ferguson, Missouri, but it also describes another set of protesters many in America sympathize with, the pro-democracy students in Hong Kong. They first set up their barricades two months ago. They tied steel fences together with zip ties and duct tape to rope off their protest sites. Today, authorities in Hong Kong removed some of those cordons. A court in Hong Kong ordered the move. Chris Buckley is a New York Times Hong Kong correspondent. He says the area cleared of barricades was relatively small. The important thing to remember is this, this is only a small sliver of one of the protest sites based on a particular legal injunction. So I discourage the idea that this necessarily means that the protest occupations are going to finish quickly. In terms of morale, how much has this hurt the movement? In terms of morale, it, it does vary. Uh, I, th I think a lot of protesters naturally feeling very tired at this point. It, it's getting on to two months now. If you're staying out in tents, it's also getting colder, even in Hong Kong, which has a pretty mild climate. And so the numbers have been dwindling a little. But also people who are on the sites aren't staying there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There are people there who go to work, who go to classes, who go home for showers and meals, and then come back or come back for certain days of the week. And so while it is tiring, people are also finding a rhythm to try to keep it going for longer as well. I know business people were pretty angry that the traffic got snarled and their lives were disrupted. Mainland China, obviously, not happy about the, the challenge of these protesters to their authority. Mm -hmm. How much support is there for the protesters today, regardless of these barricades? Well, there have been a number of public opinion polls, and the results vary. But I think, by and large, the majority of Hong Kong residents would like to see the protesters go. There's a significant number who support the protesters but even within those supporters, within those sympathizers, a growing number of people feel that it's probably time for the protesters to think about moving on. The, the problem is that it's a very fluid grassroots movement. It's not as if there's a central organization. And also within the movement, there's some division of opinion as well between people who might prefer a more moderate course or to move off the sites now and people who believe that it's important to stay there 
even at the risk of some sort of confrontation with the police. Mm. So if you had to spell it out, because I know these things aren't always clear, especially when the protesters still seem to have some semblance of a movement going, what do you think they've actually gained at this point? Well, I think if you ask the protesters themselves, they've gained two important things. They haven't gained what they've demanded, which is unfettered elections without filtering of candidates by a committee ultimately controlled by Beijing. But what they have gained is attention on this issue and attention not just in Hong Kong, not just in China, but around the world as well. And so although there's no uh, assurance that China is going to give way, there's going to be a broader audience of people listening to these demands. The second gain that I think a lot of people see will have long-term consequences is more indirect. And that's the fact that you have a lot of people now, especially younger people in their teens and 20s and early 30s, who've received a kind of an apprenticeship in protest. And that's going to have consequences.